You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bienyage. Today I am here with Jacques Richet from, <laughs> <laughs> from Screaming at Traffic. Hi, Jacques. Hi, excellent pronunciation, by the Thank way. Thank you very much. I was practicing on the way here. 
Awesome. On the bus, just saying shock, shock, <laughs> over and over again. So how are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be here at UMFM. It's yeah, been a long time since I've been here, actually. But have, have you been here before? I have uh, a few years ago with a previous project talking about it. but Which project? It was uh, one of my previous bands, Greek Riots, which some of the listeners may know me from. Yeah. R.I.P., of course. Mm-hmm. But now you're back in uh, Screaming at Traffic and you're ready to... Ready to rock. Rock through it. So... Uh, for people who are listening, can you describe what Screaming at Traffic is? Yeah, absolutely. Screaming at Traffic is basically we're touting ourselves as a punk band. We're based here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh, I never would have gotten that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we um, we kind of dance between, I like to say, uh, we write music that's halfway between angry and sad. Okay. A little bit of emo, a little bit of punk rock. <laughs> emo, is that a word we still use? It is. It okay. is. It's a word I still use, okay. at least. I throw it around pretty freely, uh, you know. <laughs> We draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of acts like uh, modern baseball, pop, some like big Canadian stuff, some Midwestern kind of emo. It's still a thing, I promise you. I didn't know that. I guess because it's not like in like the popular stuff, or I, I don't see much of it in Winnipeg. No, no, um, it's not uh, not as prominent in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I would say, but uh, in, like I know Toronto and Philadelphia. There's kind of like a modern emo thing with like the Messengers and uh, modern baseball, who are actually no longer a band as well. Okay. But yeah. So who's who is all in the band? I know it's not just you. It is a four piece. That's right. List uh, right now it's well not right now. It is. Wait, um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> myself, uh, I play guitar and I sing. Yeah. Uh, we've got Duncan who also plays guitar and also sings. He mm-hmm. takes uh, about half the songs. I take about half the songs. And then we have uh, our friend Paul on bass and Stefan on the drums. Mm-hmm. And how long has screaming at traffic been a thing? This is kind of an interesting thing. Um, more recently, Screaming at Traffic in its current form uh, has only been around for about less than a year. I'd say around eight months. But we actually, it's me, Duncan, and Paul actually started playing together as Screaming at Traffic about nine, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan and Paul, when they were like 17, 18, were jamming together. Uh, and I was introduced to them through a mutual friend. And we all started kind of like jamming together. We were kind of more of a garage rocky, classic rock, Led Zeppelin, Red Hot Chili Peppers inspired band. And we played a bunch of shows around town, but never really uh, did too much with it. We did a couple of Battle of the Bands here and there. Nice. And uh, yeah, after a couple of years of doing that, we kind of like slowed down and kind of went our separate ways. Paul started playing in a couple different bands. Uh, me and Duncan went on to form Greek Riots, and uh, we honestly in the first incarnation of screaming at traffic we just were recycling through drummers like every couple months it mm-hmm. felt like uh but then yeah through greek rides this is how me and duncan met stefan he drummed for us for the last little bit of it and uh yeah i guess paul duncan and stefan had made an offshoot kind of group that wasn't really doing much but they were having a lot of fun with it and uh me duncan and paul were all kind of living together up until very recently and we were looking at this old video footage of one of our concerts and we were like man why don't we just start doing this again we're a little bit older a little bit wiser have a better idea of how everything works so Mm -hmm. we just started writing and just really kind of hit the ground running so you you did decide like let's just go back to this why didn't you decide to move forward and make an entirely new um band with a new name and sound you know that's kind of an interesting question uh I feel a lot of it for us was more of like a nostalgia purpose just for our own sake. Like it really was for a long time, like me, Duncan and Paul, we worked really hard on the original screaming at traffic in our own way. When we were 18, 
without really knowing how like the music scene or industry really worked as a whole and it, i think it was really just more for us like it's not like that we had any notoriety as screaming at traffic the only people who remember us really from those days are uh like a handful of our friends mm-hmm. right but uh I, I think it just felt right a lot of our band ideas and images kind of hearken to a nostalgia place anyway mm-hmm. so it Very just cool. seemed natural nice awesome so then where did the name screaming at traffic come from <laughs> Uh, this one time, uh, me and Paul, we were looking for a band name for our newly, newly created garage rock band, and we were driving around with a friend of ours, Cat, and we were maybe not being as responsible as we should have been. Okay. And, uh, we made a joke, and we stopped in the middle of the street and started screaming at traffic because Katarina told us to, like... I don't know. I don't even remember what she was doing. But anyways, <laughs> it ended up with me and Paul yelling at cars that were going by. Yeah. Because, you know, 18, we're idiots. Mm-hmm. And um, we were joking about it with Duncan the next day, being like, oh, we were just standing there screaming at traffic. And it was literally one of those moments like, where it was oh. like, wait, what did you just say? And then the name just kind of stuck from there. Interesting. You wouldn't think like, oh, yeah, screaming at traffic. and then, But it kind of rolls off the tongue. It seems really natural. Yeah, yeah. at first we were like kind of like it was kind of a joke, and then it just got more and more serious. And we've actually had a lot of people be like, wow, that's a really relatable band name. And a lot of like our, our friends' parents are like, screaming at traffic, I'm going to have to check this band out. Really? Yeah. It just really worked out for you guys then. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, fantastic. So... Uh, sorry, we started out with a song called Broken Teeth, uh, which is co- uh, from your um, EP you just released on July 11th digitally, and it will be released for reals uh, in September uh, when you're having a party and a, to a kickoff then. But um, what was Broken Teeth about? Uh, Broken Teeth was a song that I, well, like we wrote and I wrote the lyrics for, and it was just kind of thinking about like general, I guess, anxiety, which is kind of a theme that comes up a lot in our music and stuff we write pretty personally and i was just thinking of this like you know kind of like manic depressive kind of thought where like you're the life of the party and you breathe life into the party but it's always like coming from a really deep place within you and it like really kind of wears you out as you're going like the first line is i breathe life into the party but it's always borrowed from my lungs Mm -hmm. and then room to room to room to room is till the whole damn place is spinning are we having fun like really kind of questioning your own like what your purpose is there if you ever had like those anxieties or insecurities around your friends that's kind of like the idea i had behind it okay and so did you have these lyrics first or did you have the idea first or what kind of inspired you to start writing that that piece uh, I think it just started kind of coming out. I originally wrote the chorus first mm-hmm. as kind of a catchy. It was like half joking, but then as I kind of thought about it more. Um, like, wow, I actually really yeah, this, resonate like, with, with this. Yeah, I resonate this with this on a more like personal actual level uh, where it's like I should never go out drinking before I eat because uh, I may or may not have previously in the past dealt with some of those anxiety issues in social settings by Mm -hmm. maybe overindulging Mm -hmm. in alcohol and i think that uh, (laughs) quite a few people might be able to relate to that yeah no i can think of that uh, that people would relate to that um (laughs) so then how did you bring that musical idea so you had the, the lyrics and how did you bring that to the band did you already have their pieces or their parts figured out in your head or how, how what is your 
group writing process? Uh, we have a couple different ways that we do it. Um, generally, the one that works the best for us and always has, it's the same reason that like it did when we were 18. It's the same reason we decided to get back together more recently as we just jam really well together mm -hmm. so one of us will come up with like kind of a chord progression i had like these basic in the case of broken teeth i had these basic bare bones uh chords for the chorus and we were just kind of jamming it out just me duncan and paul and we just kind of went from there mm -hmm. so then how and when you you said you had these bare bones did you expect it to go to where it is now or or it is was it like a, is it a totally different sound than when you were writing it uh, in, a, in a good way, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is in a good way. Uh, for this particular one, it kind of went in the the direction I was happy uh, or I expected it to go in. But there's definitely been times where I know myself and Paul and Duncan, all as contributing writers to the group, have uh, come in with a riff and it has gone like a totally different direction than what we had anticipated and like 90 i would say all of the time it's actually good and mm -hmm. nice and refreshing getting those other influences in yes <laughs> <laughs> you know like the other writers bringing their parts in and changing the music it gives you like a chance to hear something that you might not have heard yourself as a writer mm -hmm. so that's it's constantly changing how do you know when it's it's good enough that you're that all that constant uh, inspiration and, and and I guess I guess changes. How do you know when there's like a point where like this is good enough? Let's not change anymore or add any more to it. Honestly, it's as simple as we'll be jamming on a riff and we'll just kind of like vamp it over and over and over again, do the chords over and over again until somebody does something, and then <laughs> literally almost every single time when we're practicing, it's just all of us are just like, oh my god, that's that, it, that, just that, 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 that right that, that, there, yeah. and then we all stop and we're like, can you do it again? Yeah. Do you so do you record your your jams? Uh, unfortunately, not. No. I think there's a lot of talk about us doing it, but we haven't like actually sat down to do it in mm -hmm. the past little bit. We have in the past though. Uh, it's something that we'd like to obviously introduce because of the jamming nature, but usually we're pretty good at like sticking on something and like stopping it right there and being like, okay, let's figure that out. Let's work on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, that would be my biggest concern. Is like, I, I'm very good at like, playing something. Like, okay, what did I just play? I really liked that and not being able to like replicate it. Um, yeah, I guess I forgot where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> Interesting. So then how does uh, Duncan's also a writer for you guys? That's right? great. It is, is he similar in his uh, process when introducing music to you? He has a... Yeah, yeah. Familiar? Usually, like I said, it kind of comes in with a bare bones riff or chord progression, and then we kind of build around that. Usually, uh, for both me and him, we'll come with lyrics already prepared mm -hmm. with the bare bones kind of structure of it. But we're always really open to each other's input. Like, I really value what Paul can bring and what Duncan can bring and what Stefan can bring to the table. And that's kind of an interesting way that we write, right? Like, there's no one main songwriter. Mm -hmm. Like, if something, if one of us feels really strongly about something, we're pretty good at, like, saying, like, no, you know what? Like, I really feel that this is the direction we should take it in. Yeah. But we don't really come into that a lot. Like, we always seem to be on the same page. Or at least in the same ballpark. Okay, so then the lyrics that the, when they come in to the, I guess writing process, are they leaving exactly the same, or has everyone kind of altered them and reworded them? Possibly uh, the or? lyrics we kind of leave to the writer's discretion. Um, 
I mean, ultimately, when you're writing a song, if you're writing the lyrics, you kind of are saying what you want to say. Like, there's been times where we've voiced maybe an opinion about a certain, like, word changing. Or I've, I've even asked, like, do you think this wording sounds better or this way sounds better? Uh, but usually we leave, like, the lyrics to the people who are writing them. Because mm-hmm. the, the lyrics do come, like, music does as well, but I feel like lyrics come from a really personal place. Whereas music can make you feel certain feelings. Like, with lyrics, they really, like are literally saying what they're trying to say, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to, like, mess with somebody's, like, artistic vision or creativity in that way, I feel like. And I think we're all kind of in agreement with that. Yeah, but what if what if the, you don't agree with the lyrics? You're like, I, it really would be better this way. Have you ever just kept it to yourself? Um, I've, I personally haven't really had any of those okay. moments. I know that, like... Uh, like I said, we're all like we're all really close. So if it ever did come up, you yeah. know, if there was something that was said that I really like mm-hmm. on a very personal level disagreed with or Duncan disagreed with or Paul disagreed with, I'm sure it would be voiced. And we're all pretty good at like discussing it or just yeah. telling the other one to, you know, yeah. get out. <laughs> I was just wondering because like as someone who doesn't show my lyrics to other people, I'm wondering people thinking like, oh, it's not good. And they just don't tell me. Um, <laughs> it was just in my head. And I shouldn't have said that aloud. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no worries. Like I said, we're all really <laughs> honest with each other. We've been like close friends for mm-hmm. many years. That makes it easier too. Yeah. Um, so then when you have the lyrics, do you have that melody planned out as well? Uh, usually I would say the melody because usually like once again, there's like the bare bones structure. The melody can be a little more, uh, flexible because depending on how, what the other instruments start layering into it and how the beat changes or how like certain notes that are being played might clash with the original melody. So I've definitely changed melody, like vocal melody to suit, better suit the music that's written. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the lyrics are usually the, like the, the very first thing, and then no, yeah, yeah, lyrics and like lyrics, bare bones, uh, okay. like bare bones chord progression are usually either hand in hand or one right before the mm-hmm. other. That's interesting because it's, it's punk music, and I, I I don't interview very many punk artists, uh, and it's interesting to hear that the process is still the same regardless of the genre. Like, most people will start with lyrics. Sometimes it's a riff, or sometimes it is like a melody, but it usually is the lyrics. Yeah, um, at least that's for me, right? Like yeah. I can't necessarily speak for Duncan's creative process or Paul's creative process but mm-hmm. like I think it's it is pretty closely one in front of the other either it's yeah. the bare bones things with the lyrics right after or lyrics with the bare bones structure absolutely well, whatever I mean there is no one way to write a song but it's nice to hear that there are some trends that can oh, be a yeah, little bit definitely. easier for people so this EP that you guys released SAT or SAT as we talked about <laughs> yeah. SAT or the initials for screaming at traffic um, what got you guys started to start uh, recording an EP well, we were talking about, well, like I said, we were sitting around talking about or watching these videos of us playing and talking about what didn't necessarily go right or things we could have done better the first time around. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about it and we were just like, you know, let's just get content out. We hadn't even played a show yet, but we had these songs written already. And we were like, and I kind of mentioned this earlier before we started, how the way people take in media now with yep. like Spotify, Netflix, these streaming services, like it's such an overload of material and, and music and media and, and like, it's content yeah. just flying at you constantly. So as a group, if you start playing shows and stuff, even if you blow somebody away on stage, if they ask you like, what's your band name? Uh, where can I find your music? If you don't really have anything to present, then why you should anyone remember, and, right? Uh, or why would anyone remember when they're constantly being barraged with, like, you know, these new Spotify playlists and these other bands that are constantly coming out with singles or EPs? 
So we were just like, you know what? Let's just get content going right away. We're happy with the music that we've written so far. And so, yeah, we just buckled down and did it. And you recorded this music yourself? Uh, we actually recorded it with uh, a friend of ours, Stefan Smith. Uh, he recorded our drummer, Stefan, both Stefans. Uh, Very easy to remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Stefan Smith actually recorded Stefan's previous band's EP, uh, The Little Black Lungs. Oh, yeah, okay, I've heard of them. Yeah, uh, so Stefan was, you know, saying that we should go through him. He was a buddy of ours. It was like a way to kind of do it like in a DIY fashion, really comfortable setting because we're all friends with him. So we basically just locked ourselves in house in the house that me, Paul, and Duncan all lived at. Uh, we locked ourselves in for two or three days and just banged out four songs. Four songs. And why did you decide four? Or not three or seven or whatever? You know, uh, with the four that we picked, we just decided, we just liked the number four. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of gave it's us a, nice a chance number. to... Yeah, it's a nice round number, you know? <laughs> it just gave us a chance to, like, have the songs that we had written and flushed out we were really happy with. There wasn't necessarily one that we wanted to strike off the list. Yeah. And we felt that these four songs at the time were, like, and still are a pretty good, like, representation of, like, what you would hear at a show. And what would what would people hear from these songs that would, they could expect from your shows? Like, what did these things have? These um, songs have? Well, they're definitely, like, kind of a more raw delivery. Like okay. I said, we kind of stuck more purposefully with a DIY aesthetic rather than like really overproduce or anything like that we wanted people to hear really hear what we would sound like live you know we didn't want to have very many discrepancies from like this is what you're going to hear on the album versus this is what you're going to see yeah. say no at the crazy cavern or instruments and yeah stuff. the extra like panning vocals and stuff and there's yeah. not to say that like later down the line there's certain things in a studio that you can take advantage of, mm -hmm. but we just really wanted to capture this like live essence because we, I know we've all kind of felt really strongly that our live show is where we kind of uh, shine. Yeah, where we shine. You know, where uh, we've been called very energetic on stage. We move around a lot. I take uh, I study from the school of Monine. Like, if you ever watch live footage of them, they're just, like, constantly moving around the stage and flying around and jumping. Does that help with your guitar pl playing at all? <laughs> it could be a little detrimental at times, but I think <laughs> a more important thing sometimes is, especially with the kind of music that we're playing, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a wrong note here and there. Mm -hmm. I think that part of that's part of what makes, like, live music exciting mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, like, live, it's right in the moment. If I'm not playing... They're human. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. human, real thing, right? And I think it's more important to capture the energy and how much fun you're having on stage. So that's not to say that we're, like, playing terribly, but, um, yeah. Yeah, really quickly before we go into back into the EP... I want to know more about this moving around on stage. I am a pianist, so I have to sit down and actually see the <laughs> keyboard. Why do you move around? Why, why, why is that a thing? I see that all the time. and I know not just punk and everyone does it, but like, why do you do it? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> like, <in the laughs> like, I, moment, I, I don't like, really well. have like, I like moving around uh, to like the rhythm of music anyway yeah. as, as a normal person. I just like, I, I think I love watching bands just yeah. having fun on stage. Like I said, like the old punk bands of the 80s and mm -hmm. like emo bands of the 90s are just flying around and yeah. looks like a crazy good time. And it's just it like, does. yeah, I'm just like, does that just help? <laughs> <laughs> or when you're up against each other playing the guitars like right up in, like, in each other's faces. I don't know what that's doing. I'm, like, I'm not um, a guitarist. So. It's, it is interesting, actually. You get like a really good connection with your like band members on stage, too. Like okay. all of us kind of interact together and like maybe give each other a little shove or like go like, you know, I know me and Paul have definitely like gone forehead to forehead and just like 
just like banged out yeah. a riff or something yeah. do you do you remember it's happening or do you like look back at video and like oh yeah that's right i was going <laughs> all over the place there's a little bit personal memory a little bit like yeah. s- people tell me that's what happened You're like oh i did that that's so interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i just really wanted to know about that uh, i'm sure i'll ask someone else too but it's really interesting i just don't know i don't understand it because i sit at the piano and i can i uh, get in the zone but i guess it makes sense if you can move yeah, around. you know what there's not i'm not con- like i'm not always <laughs> moving around because you know there are times where i have to like stick pretty close to the microphone okay, yeah, and okay. if i'm doing a solo or if duncan's yeah. doing a solo but i don't know we try and move around as much as we can and keep people's attention like oh where yeah, are they exactly. gonna go next interesting so back to the ep you finished writing these songs and, pr- and recorded them your plans to are to release them why did you decide to release them digitally first bef- before the big party you know i it just made more sense to us i think to release digitally just because it's such a wide like it's such a wide reach you know anyone in the world can go on spotify and listen to our album now whereas with digital like physical distribution it's a little costlier it also like is harder to get like you know it's trying to get it across seas and Mm -hmm. and, like record shops and i mean like the numbers don't really lie when it comes to like record sales and how that kind of affects we kind of prefer just keep putting our music out there and letting anybody listen to it. Like, it's on Bandcamp for pay what you want. Mm-hmm. And I highly, like, if you guys like what you hear, I want you to go click on name your price, put $0. Just if you're listening to it, we're happy. You yeah. know, And digitally, that made the most sense to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the physical distribution, obviously, we're going to probably keep that more towards like playing live shows again a very pay by donation sort of thing because we just would prefer to have our music out there rather than you know turn a profit on it necessarily Mm -hmm. and right now it's so hard to make money off like your your music in terms of like recordings the only really way you can make music now is like or make money sorry is doing live shows yeah exactly and so i think that's smart to like just and get yourself some exposure yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's I always like that the word, big yeah everybody <laughs> every artist hates that word you know exposure oh, it's for promotion but it's, like uh, shut up pay me <laughs> um but <laughs> no i get it uh so you're releasing it in september uh you're also gonna be doing a tour kickoff what uh, what is the planning like that for planning a tour planning a tour once again it's because we're doing a do-it-yourself kind of thing we take care of all of our own management and stuff it's a lot of work a lot of emails being sent out and stuff like that but mm-hmm. ultimately we love doing it do all of you spread the, the work evenly or, or is one person responsible we kind of like spread out different works like uh, different stuff evenly to whoever like better suited for example to like do that task it's just kind of putting your best foot forward i think mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i feel like we all put in a great deal of work and effort into it so okay uh sorry i'm just writing a note for later so yeah, don't no worries. I don't, you didn't say something wrong <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> slowly taking notes like oh what's happening <laughs> sorry people who are listening have no idea what's talking what we're talking about so we're gonna take a break in a little second to listen to your song metagame which is also on the ep sat uh what inspired that song i know you didn't write it, it was a duncan's yeah it creation. was duncan it was just kind of a idea of being stuck kind of in your mid-20s without an idea of what to do and also it very heavily inspired as it turns out cats out of the bag we're a bunch of nerds mm-hmm. uh, i totally get that you got a star wars tattoo i do i do i have boba fett on my mm-hmm. uh my boyfriend my has right a star on. wars tattoo so it's right on me yeah. and him would get along fine yeah but yeah we're all like big star wars lord of the rings fans i know we uh, i'm part of a message board currently right now that's probably buzzing 
is what is buzzing on my phone right now that is organizing when we're actually a bunch of us are going to get together and play Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. next. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the inspirations of that. So the song is about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, essentially. And then also, obviously, there's a more personal uh, touch in there that I think once you listen to the lyrics are a little more evident, okay. but are just like, kind of like that feeling of just doing the same thing over and over and over again, like this repetition and kind of getting tired of it. Yeah. Why do you think, um, why did, why did you want to, why did you guys decide to sing about that? Why do you think Duncan wrote about it? And why did you think that was an okay song to start sharing with the world? Once again, I think with Screaming in Traffic, we all just started writing really, like, honestly and really being like, you know, these are, like, stuff that we're personally feeling and we need, like, we want to create an outlet to put out into the world, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with the Broken Teeth being about, like, my, like, social anxieties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This was just something that Duncan felt really strongly about and just wanted to sing and write some music about it and get some of that, like, pent-up frustration or pent-up mm-hmm. feelings behind it out into the world. Okay, has there ever been a time when either you wrote a song and the rest of the band were like, actually, I don't feel comfortable singing about that? Uh, No, we haven't really gotten to a point like that, and I don't think we necessarily will. Uh, I guess as long as you can justify it, like, I felt this passionate about this that I could write a song. Yeah, if you feel, like, I I pretty across the board feel like we're we're all on the same page about, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of things, and if you feel strongly and passionately enough about something to write an entire song about it, then absolutely... Like, who am I to stifle your creative, mm-hmm. like, outlet? I'll just play the guitar, and if I don't like it, then I'll just yeah. take it. And like guitar. I said, right, if he's the one singing the songs he wrote, yeah. I'm the one singing the songs I wrote. And I think that gives for a more passionate delivery as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Cool. Well, everyone who's listening, this is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Vienish. I'm here with Jacques Richet from Screaming at Traffic. We're going to take a quick break and listen to the song Metagame, which is from their album, uh, EP they released just recently on July 11th um, called SAT. Um, when we come back, you'll still be here and we'll talk more about all the cool music you guys make and all the noise you're going to be making on tour and possibly festivals. Uh, festivals are probably going to be next Possibly. year, okay. realistically. Uh, We're doing we'll a lot of uh, just local shows, just trying to get ourselves out there, and then going to be touring in the coming months as well. All right, so everyone stay tuned. We will be right back. Here is Metagame.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bignage, and I'm here, still here, with Jacques Richet. I feel like I'm, like, making fun of you when I put emphasis on the Richet. No, it's okay. okay. I feel like that's the proper way. That's, like, when you're saying French names or French words, you really have to, like... Do it over the top, you know. Do you, do you actually? We're a dramatic answer? people. Yeah, <laughs> I know, as soon as someone's saying even French, they'll, they'll suddenly the, the French accent will just come in, and you're like, "Oh, you're actually really fluent in French." Yeah. I am. Anyway, you're Jacques Richard from Screaming at Traffic. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> no worries. So that's a really interesting song. I really enjoyed it. It was short and sweet. Yeah, uh, like uh, many punk classics before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are they usually short? They can be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, like especially like. Yeah, there's a lot of albums. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like thinking about it and trying to like come up with like uh, with examples that doesn't make me sound like a music snob. But What's like, not, there's a lot of like hardcore albums from the '80s that were like really shorter and stuff like that. And there's like even lists of like entire punk albums that are like less than 30 minutes long. <laughs> Why do you think they were shorter? You know, I just punk originally was like kind of like a step back from. Kind of like the overdramatic like rock of the yeah. '70s and stuff. Back, <laughs> you know, like they weren't as big into solos and stuff like that. And I think it just, you know, for us when we were writing, it was like, you know, there's not much else to really say if they, we don't have to draw it out. Don't draw it out. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with having a song that's only like two minutes long. Yeah, but what if you have to do like an hour long set? Then you have to have like a hundred like two minutes songs. <laughs> it's you, true that actually uh, that uh, that does come up when you're playing in punk yeah. bands. That's what when, when I'm writing songs, I'm like, oh, this is if I don't write this longer, I'll have to write another song. To play <laughs> time slot. Uh, yeah, you know, when we like start out the band, though, like we don't really have too much of a shortage of content. Mm-hmm. We got a couple covers in our set, and then okay. we're just constantly kind of pumping out new s- songs that we're trying to introduce into our sets. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Uh, moving along. Um, <laughs> or before we, before we take our little break, you had mentioned uh, with the new social media world of how having to constantly put out content to be relevant to people. Um, do you think that making punk music has its, I guess, handicaps, maybe, is the word I'm looking for? Or things that make it a little bit harder because it is such a certain type of genre that not everybody listens to do you think it's, it might be a little harder for you to get your music out there or do you think that community if you're in that community you're in it and that's that's not any different than if you were in the pop community for example I, I think it's kind of more that way like punk communities or like that like it seems to me that like a lot of punk bands really have like their kind of solid followings mm-hmm. from city to city and like i've even found that while trying to do for like promotional stuff for uh the ep the We've had, like, a lot of success with, like, websites and people reaching back out to us and, like, really, like, kind of pushing it forward. It is mm-hmm. kind of like a weird, like, tight-knit community. Uh, we had our Broken Teeth was premiered on uh, Punk A Normal Activity, which is, like, a, a punk rock blog based out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. And they, they put our uh, single up in June before the EP came out. And then we actually got... I actually just reached out to them to see if they wanted to review the EP, but they actually liked it and wanted to premiere it. So this Polish website that gets like 20,000 some followers uh, premiered our EP before it was released. Okay. As like an exclusive premiere. And yeah, it was just like, it was just nuts. They just loved it. They wrote Mm -hmm. about it on their website, idiotech.com. Yeah. I-D-I-O-T. EQ.com. Mm-hmm. And this is a Polish site in English, or is it? Yeah, it's a Polish site in English. Okay, because I happened to um, Apollo Suns. They were 
I think it was in Pol- I think it was in Poland. They had someone, someone talked nicely about them, and they couldn't yeah. understand what they were saying. <laughs> they yeah, to yeah I, it. it's uh, it's always funny to me because I see a lot of like local bands who are like touring more internationally or getting like some noticed internationally. And I know mm-hmm. Ed from Apollo Suns. Yeah. And, uh, we like laughed about it last time we were hanging out. It was like, well, now you clearly have to go. Uh, tour poland right. obviously that's the Ab- next step. absolutely Why but like not? seeing bands like mobina galore who are touring europe constantly they just toured with against me and they're on a canadian tour right now but like seeing like reviews of their shows come up in german and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's like right on like yeah. it's cool that you're getting i hope press. that this is positive because <laughs> yeah. uh, i can't read it um have you ever oh. tried writing music in french for the the um band since you are francophone um is that the correct way to say that? Or should I just say that you're French? No, francophone is okay, a totally I'm, I'm, acceptable okay, good. Uh, okay. word. I, like, I would identify as a francophone. Okay. Would you, have you ever thought about writing your music in French? I have. Uh, I've never really like come up with anything in French that was something that I liked enough to really do with. But it's not something I would necessarily rule out, mm-hmm. right? Because if you do that, then you can apply to, you can start going to the French community as well and yeah, spreading right. yourself. And then there's people that speak French all over the world. And yeah, exactly. I don't and know. Hopefully when we're on tour and stuff, it'll definitely at least help that I can speak French. Speak French, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's really interesting because when, when I first started this project, I didn't think, I didn't know that how big how big the French community is in Winnipeg. And I'm just wondering if that w- would help your, your cause. I mean, if that's not what you're into, then whatever. But you know, like I said, I would never like, I would never... Uh, like not write in French like it's not a like a conscious real decision to do mm-hmm. it I'm just, like I said it's just something that's never really like I've never really written anything in French that I felt like confident enough or really liked enough and to... French is such a nice language how do you scream and uh, yeah. have you heard French punk I have actually there's some pretty good French punk is bands there? out there you'll have to send some to me I will I would there's really one like uh, there's one from Quebec I don't know if they're actually still making music or anything but they're called uh, Mavec Cardeur Mm-hmm. Which uh, translates to my uh, b- bad heart or bad bad uh, bad fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Oh, okay. And uh, they have an album. It was like a '90s thing. You can look it up on YouTube. It's really cool, actually. They incorporate a lot of banjo into their oh. punk music, which is kind of something that you don't necessarily hear a lot of. No, not at all. Interesting. Very cool. Oh, music's weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what are what are some stresses you have to, of performing that you have to deal with? Stresses of performing. Hmm. Um, well, like you said, we move around a lot on stage, so, you know, making sure that <laughs> cardio sorry. is up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Apparently, um, it's just called rocking out, I've yeah, been told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I think, like, it's pretty natural before any performance to get a little bit of, like, stage fright and a, lot, a little bit of nerves. That's, mm-hmm. I think, the only thing that's really, like, common between uh, me and the other guys in the band. Mm-hmm. Where you just you get that shot of nerves, but like by the time you play like your first chord on like, stage, oh, yeah, you're just I like, yes, this. I love doing this. Mm-hmm. It switches to like adrenaline and just like all over your body, and it feels really good. Yeah, exactly. Right, cool. So, do you have any advice for beginner punk artists? <laughs> maybe someone who wants to be in like a, a a punk band who maybe is listening and they're like, how do I get started though? How do I get involved in this in community? How do I make noise? Honestly. I'd say the best way to do it is just go out and support other punk bands. Like, mm-hmm. the community is really tightly knit, like I said. And, like, you see bands constantly playing together, and they're, like, constantly, like, you know, promoting each other and cross-promoting and stuff like that. And it's really nice to see, and I think the best way to get into it is just to go out and actually support it. Like, go see some shows, go talk to the guys that after they play. Every band I've ever talked to 
in Winnipeg. And that doesn't, that's not just like the punk scene, that's just the music scene in general. I've never, like, I always like talking to like, the guys in the bands afterwards or the girls in the bands or whoever. Mm-hmm. The girls in the band, yeah, not just guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get that out there. <coughs> um, so then when you are booking your shows for this, how do you, how do you, how do you book shows for punk bands? Is it just, like you call and say, hey, we make punk music. I'm like, great, come in on this day. Or how does um, that work? How do you book shows? How do I book shows? Yeah. Typically, I just reach out to the venue, try and pick a date that works for everybody. And then I just start reaching out to like other bands I like. And that's pretty much all it really is, is I try, I pick like, um, like a short list and a long list of bands that I would really like to play with. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of go down the list. And whoever says yes first kind of stops there. Yeah. Um, but do you have to be careful about the genres or sorry, genres venues you choose or does it really matter? I mean, it's not really in Winnipeg. Yeah, not really in Winnipeg. I mean, like you see like the Goodwill has punk shows, pop shows, folk, folk, whatever you anything you of. want. Yeah. Same with like the Handsome Daughter and the Cavern. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like all over the place. I don't really see Winnipeg as... Uh, We're not really big enough to have uh, venues specific to Yeah, genres. like specific venues. Yeah, but well, what about when you are... P- planning are you, how are you doing any planning outside of winnipeg uh like i said we're just planning yeah. a tour right now um once again for that kind of thing we just i like to reach out to groups who play similar kind of styles of music in other cities and just kind of like see what what they suggest okay. or see who i can reach out to from there so then wh- wh- how do you find these groups of people in that area like wh- do you just like search like montreal punk or like what do you do uh, I, honestly it's pretty close to that yeah I just like I, I, I like peruse facebook for like other bands that are playing in like regina or uh saskatoon montreal wherever and it's actually a great way to find new music i've found tons of bands that i really love just from across Canada mm-hmm. that are fantastic. Like in Regina, there's this group called Blue Youth that are just great. And they gave us a lot of uh, uh, names of bands to reach out to and stuff. To like to plan gigs with? Yeah. yeah. And okay. then we're playing with, um, well, I don't want to announce anything too early, mm, but there's a lot of really good bands and like Blue Youth in Regina is one that really like stuck out to me and stuff. Okay. Nice. So then... We've been talking about you making all this wonderful music, and it's getting, it's getting us all excited. Where can people come and hear you play live? Uh, we've got a couple shows coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're playing this Friday, July 21st, mm-hmm. uh, at the Garrick Hotel Yes, with a band that's touring through from London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. They're called Nameless Friends. They're kind of a bluesy rock band. Cool. And bluesy what, sorry? Kind of a bluesy rock band. Bluesy rock. Do you think that blends together with your music? I think it can. It can. I think yeah. it's more just like the feel and the energy. Fair enough. That's more important. Mm-hmm. And then we're also playing with a local punk band called Ug- Ugly Tea and the Unmentionables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also playing next Saturday, July 29th, at the Cavern for Park View's EP release. They're another local like pop punk band. Mm-hmm. They're releasing their EP, Anthems of a Generation. Yes. And they asked us to play. For opening and get them all amped up for this new music. It's all exactly. Exciting. Good. And you're also planning your tour kickoff. When will people be able to hear about the dates and locations for your tour? Do you have a set date when you're going to be announcing that? Uh, we don't have a set date for announcement yet. Okay. There's a couple final touches, obviously, that need to be made. But uh, 
Yeah, it'll be coming up pretty soon. So where should people be following you so in order to hear this, uh, these dates? You can check us out on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Screaming at Traffic Music. Uh, it's the same handle for everything. So our Instagram, uh, our Bandcamp, if you want to go and download our album for free, mm-hmm. just stream it. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. Do you have a Twitter? Uh, we do have Twitter. It's not very often used. That's Why my not? mistake. <laughs> I don't know. Twitter's just uh, <laughs> Twitter is just kind of uh, evaded me. It's weird because like some people just know how to use it, and it's really helpful resource. And some people like have no idea what's going on with it. I'm still like I'm like in the middle. I'm like I don't really see a purpose for, it, but then I can see people who are involved in it. It's really working. Yeah, well and for it, them. you know what it is like. We do live in a time of social media where all social media platforms are kind of important. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but teach their own. Like if you're not going to use it, then it's not not really a point in having it. (laughs) That's how I think. So on this EP, you have four songs um, on it. Of the four, what is your favorite to perform? Ooh, my favorite to perform. Uh, Honestly, probably Monstrosity. Which I know we're going to hear. We're going to close with. We're, we're going to close with. Oh, this was the perfect segue. Oh, my uh, goodness. Okay, so <laughs> did you, write, you didn't write this one, though. No, no. Duncan I helped write the music for it. Yeah. And I, I helped sing the chorus. Like me and Duncan, whenever somebody is doing the lead vocals, the other one just kind of does the backup vocals and harmonies yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I helped write the music and stuff. It was one of those ones where me and Duncan just sat kind of in the living room of our old place and just jammed it out and we got really excited about it showed paul as soon as he came home and we just started working on it and it's got this really awesome outro that kind of like changes the feel of the song a little bit and i've just i've just love it so much and it's one of those perfect examples of something that came out of just us jamming like it was me paul duncan and stefan running through this song and then we just started being like the song stopped for a second and I kind of did a couple like choked chords and then everyone was like, yeah, like keep doing that. And then we just all launched into this outro and like nailed it on the first time. And we were like, okay, well, that's just how we're ending the song. Oh now. my God. That's, that's so magical. It's just that happening. You're like, how do I handle? Yeah. It's, it's, good about it's this? almost, it's crazy. Like moments like that when you're writing, I feel like I like, I live for moments. They're like heroin. It's crazy. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay, that took a bit of a dark turn, but... Um, so then what's the song about, though? Why is it called Monstrosity? Uh, best, I'm assuming you didn't write it, but... I like, didn't write it. Um, it just talks a lot about some, I guess, personal, like, family, home issues, personal, like, dependency issues and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, like... Yeah, okay, I, so I, I don't want to. I don't want to assume too much yeah. because once again, I'm not the one who really wrote the song, and I feel like me explaining what the lyrics mean would be. It, it's better suited for people to just kind of listen to it and take their take own meaning, their own and let Duncan kind of speak for it. Like let the lyrics kind of yeah. speak for themselves. So that just means that Duncan will have to come on the show with yeah, you exactly. next time, and he can explain it to me, so I know. Um, do you guys have plans for a future EP at all? We do. We're putting stuff together. We've got some ideas floating around. We're constantly writing. Mm -hmm. So once again, and of course, like I said before, in the climate where you want to constantly be having material coming out. Yeah. We. Would you be doing singles or would you be um, waiting for a period of time and then releasing another EP or even waiting longer and releasing a full length? I think for right now, realistically for us, we're going to be doing EPs. We might do a single here or there. Okay. Um, Once again, like the 
possibilities are kind of more endless with the fact that we work independently we record kind of more independently uh we do like home recordings and stuff like that so mm -hmm. really it's whatever we really feel like for right now we're focusing on this ep and the next couple months we'll kind of move on to the next part but like i said we're constantly writing so we're always yeah. kind of planning for the future but like staying in the moment so just really quickly before we go because i just started started talking about writing again um you're constantly writing how do you know when a song is strong enough that you're going to stick with it write the melodies and everything and work with that or is it like this is the song we're writing we're not going to stop writing it until we are happy with it or it's kind of a mix of different things there we get to a certain point usually where we're happy but stuff kind of has a tendency to evolve as we play it longer and longer so you know what you hear on the album there might be a couple like differences when you hear it live mm -hmm. but like the basic idea of the song is always going to be there um i mean i think it's pretty common through any band like any band that you go see live that have been playing those songs for a long time the the music kind of evolves and they play things a little differently live and i think that's cool right it kind of makes for a unique experience every time you see the band mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of something that is just how we write like we write till we're happy and then as stuff kind of progresses we're like you know we can play something maybe a little differently or like have a little break here or something like that so it sounds like you guys are really good at allowing yourself to be creative like openly creative with each other um how, do you have any advice for uh, artists who are kind of uh, hesitant to share their musical ideas? Like, like, what if they don't like it? Like, how do you how do you get past that kind of fear of sharing that in case of it not sounding good? That's kind of a difficult thing. You just have to find the group of people or whoever you want to work with or anything. And I find that like if you have somebody that you're close with and you share similar tastes in music or you notice that like stuff they're writing is kind of similar to yours just go ahead you just kind of got to dive in head first i find mm -hmm. and that's kind of like when i first started writing music that's kind of how i did it right i just started showing people and I've, like people enjoyed it and then i kept kind of getting more confident and confident now I'm, i have no problem showing my band something i wrote yeah and you're like, it probably sucks, but whatever. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't care. You guys, I, it's probably better to hear it from them than, than not to say anything and then come to a show and people are like, boo. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you probably never get that. But <laughs> I hope not to yeah, not ever get that. Yeah, um, but that's like my fear. Right? And I'm sure that's many other people's fear of, like, of sounding foolish, sharing an idea like, well, what about this? And like, no, that's dumb. Um, although I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and they say never to do that. Like, just let it out there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just put it out there. There's lots of lots of music. Anything that you've put out there, somebody, somebody is bound to like it. <laughs> like, Some, somebody, <laughs> somebody is going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course, I'm kind of kidding there, but like, I know like it's such a wide, like there's so many tastes and interests and like, like styles of music and stuff that like, it's going to stick, right? Yeah. Like not everybody is going to love everything that anyone does right mm -hmm. there's bands that i'm like in love with head over heels for like for example i love the clash the clash are one of my favorite bands and i personally think that like some of their albums are crap mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're still like and that's totally fair it doesn't mean that you like a band that you should you have to love everything they do yeah exactly you're not like you're not committed to it in that way right mm -hmm. cool but yeah just once again i think just dive in head first just start showing it if you want to show it to somebody just show it yeah and the best thing you, they'll learn is 
constructive criticism and you can move forward. Exactly. Good. We learned something today, everyone. Is there anything you want to add before we go? We do have to wrap up t the today, though, unfortunately, because time. Yeah. Uh, once again, thanks for having me on. Thank I'm you for coming always, on. Always happy to be here at UMFM. I always mm -hmm. love coming on campus radio. Yeah. Because um, it's the best. It is. It, it is. really is. And um, yeah, go check out the album. Check it out on Spotify. If you like it, download it on Bandcamp. Put it on your uh, iPod. Put it on your iPhone. Tattoo it on you. <laughs> yeah, tattoo it on you. Why not? Screaming at traffic. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, come check us out on the 21st and the 29th. And I promise it'll be a lot of fun. It definitely will be. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Based on what I'm hearing for the music, I'm, I want to go. Um, so everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Yinyaj. You just heard Jacques Richet from A Screaming at Traffic. I just enjoy saying your name. I'm going to say it all the way home. Jacques <laughs> Richet. And freak people out. Like, who the heck is she talking about? Um, for everyone who's listening, don't, be, don't forget to follow Screaming at Traffic on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Bandcamp and Twitter at Screaming at Traffic music uh also the Winnipeg music project can be found on all those social medias at the Winnipeg music project where you can find it about other bands that will be coming onto the show uh, to talk about their music and make noise and it's going to be a lot of fun so you definitely need to follow us as well uh, i will include links to all of the event page or all the upcoming events on the upcoming podcast which should be released in the next couple of days where you can download this interview as well as many others at winnipegmusicproject.com but now we're going to listen to monstrosity from sat which is the ep by Tra uh, screaming at traffic Thank you so much again, Jacques. You can um, come thank you. Yeah, come on the show anytime. We will make more noise together. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
The hardcore surf 